So in the words of Oron McIntyre, every so often progressives will reverse engineer healthy sexual morality and act like they rediscovered Atlantis. And Oxfam have gone from turf bashing to trad posting recently. Oh, really? Yes. So they have stumbled upon the route out of the precipitous demographic collapse that we're approaching because they've called GDP sexist. Oxfam have come out against line go up. I'll allow it. Yes. And, and we've got this Daily Mail article that, that was doing the rounds. And this is why traditionalist conservatives, etc. GDP is anti-feminist and colonial, is it? Is it? Yeah. So, so this, is, this is why conservatives <laughs> lose. very interesting. Because we, we don't have to accept yeah. their framing. Yeah. We can co-opt it. Because this is entirely valid. Because yeah. Ma- materialistic managerialism yeah. is the reason that most men and women are not having children. Yeah. And so take away their metric of what constitutes yeah. a good society that is anathema to what we want, and we win. We, we, we needed to get the women into the workforce uh, for GDP purposes, yes. and that was feminism. And now measuring the GDP has become anti-feminism. That's incredible. Okay, fine. Um, okay, okay, whatever. Just, you know, whatever it takes. And also, importing the entire third world and, and battery farming them in, yep. in yeah, hotels yeah, yeah, yeah. is increasing the GDP. And that's colonialist because we're taking the best and brightest minds, the doctors and yeah, the engineers. That's right. Yeah, from, they from, are, from other countries yeah. overseas that, that need great, that infrastructure. Great point. I agree, Oxfam. Yeah. Well, well done. Yep. You're doing your part. Um, so the bosses at Oxfam have branded GDP anti-feminist and colonial amid calls that it should measure the monetary value <laughs> of women's domestic work. Now, this is part of the problem because mm-hmm. they, they accidentally stumble on the correct issue and then misapply a, a solution. So we'll, sure. we'll, we'll go for different solutions. Oxfam, which has recently been embroiled in, in scandals uh, over Pride Month, added its voice to calls to move beyond GDP, the main measure of a country's economic growth based on the value of goods and services, failing to include cooking, cleaning, and unpaid care. Very stereotypical, but I'm on board. Much of it carried out by women. Yeah, no, I totally endorse yeah. Yes. In the calculations, ultimately mean these activities are not valued properly, Oxfam said. It added, market relations are given precedence over family and social relations, individualism over solidarity and interdependence, rational choice over well-being. Women are rendered... That's really conservative. That's really good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I totally agree, Oxfam. Women are rendered in the private sphere and their work is invisible. At the same time, GDP has helped erase indigenous and alternative conceptions of what can and should be valued. Uh, yes, actually. That's perfect. That, yeah, that, yeah, I totally agree. But did, did Ivan Illich write that? I mean, blimey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that came straight from that's gender. A, that's a Zamora take. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is... No, the indigenous English actually yeah. value their communities, their families. Their wives yes. and the work that they do around the house. The oikos over the polis. Yeah. And, and therefore, um, women should not be forced to compete on the same terms as men. I mean, yeah, that's literally a Scrutonian take. Yeah. But that's why, and, and you know what? Okay. Ears are flared up because they use the word sexist, right? Yeah. They've cried wolf so many times, it's as yeah. meaningless as racist at this point. But it is genuinely sexist to say men and women are unisex, interchangeable market competitors, and women must use birth control and abortions to extricate themselves from dependent care, to change their menstrual cycle so it's, it's constant compared to men's, so they can compete on the same terms to just generate capital endlessly. Yes. And, and, yeah, it is sexist. So, so good. We'll, we'll get rid of that, shall we? We'll, yeah. we'll jettison that. Uh, the problem is, obviously, their, their solution. They say, along with the ONS, um, they say it is already working on radical plans to go beyond GDP. A report last year by the Center for Progressive Policy Think Tank found women in the UK are providing more than twice as much unpaid childcare per year as men, to 23.2 billion hours compared with 9.7 billion hours, as well as spending more time caring for adults than men. So yeah. they're going to state-subsidize it. 
but they're, they're also they've failed to understand what they've said here right yes so what they've said here is these things it's not that they're necessarily invisible it's that they cannot be measured yes right? you can't put a price on these things and you shouldn't put a price on these things yes that's why GDP is bad, because it will try to put a price on these things. And then they have tried to put a price on these things. Yes, so jettison the managerial heuristic. Don't try and subsidize it. <coughs> that's that's the wrong thing. And also, the the typical feminist canard in there that we've consulted when we've attacked Beauvoir before in our great video, yeah. first one, Evil Origins of Feminism, is that unpaid childcare, so motherhood, right, yes. if it's unpaid, how do you have a house? Oh, it's subsidized by your husband who finds it really meaningful to spend all this time going to work in order to provide you a lifestyle because men actually want to take care of their women and children. So I don't like the way that they're framing this, though, because right. it splits up the family unit, right? Because I view the income into the family as the family income. Yes. And that's surely ha also how the legal system views it, which is why women get half of the assets mm. upon a divorce, right? Because it was the family that built this thing together. And so she is taking care of the, the, the children and the household, which is an entire job in and of itself. And he is taking care of the economic activity of the family unit. Um, for them to try and value that, again, it's, it's, more, it's, it's about making distinctions within the family and to, to break it apart conceptually, yeah. uh, which I really I take objection to. And prior to industrial wage labor, this was how it was done. You would have men and women specified work conducted according to time, place, tools, traditions. And you get things like women were paying the feudal lord their version of rent in chickens because chickens were the easier livestock for women to farm and harness because they, yeah. they weren't as strength intensive and you could just collect the eggs and bring them in and, and preserve them. Um, if you'd like to learn more about that, I'm happy to announce that because you guys liked Evil Origins of Feminism Part 1 so much, uh, we did a Part 2. Um, it's not staged on the website yet, but but here's the thumbnail. So it's going to be fun. going to be out next week. We had a three-hour chat about it and it's it's fantastic. So mm. properly paradigm shifting. And the reason we need to understand this, this paradigm shift away from material managerialism back to the ambiguous complementarity of the sexes as part of the family unit is because there is a precipitous population collapse on the horizon that we're currently going through the first tremors of before the earthquake oh, yeah. properly hits. It's, 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 and the thing is, though, it's kind of inevitable. That's the thing. Like, because it happens over a long period of time. Like for Italy, for example, as a a fertility rate of one. Yes. Which is atrocious. Italy, Germany, and Japan all had their fertility drop off at the same time, which was around 1971 to 1973. Yes. And those are the seismic economic shocks of the oil crisis. And also the introduction of birth control. Yes. Uh, which I think is really the, the main issue, to be honest. Um, but the point being, uh, this is a slow moving, but kind of inevitable uh, car crash. I don't think it's as inevitable. Hopefully we can avert well, it in maybe. certain pockets at least. Mm. And, and we go through some of those solutions in here. But just to look at how dire the situation is, lots more data has been coming out fairly recently. There was a Pew Research survey at the end of June on the 28th, and, and they found that a record high of 40-year-olds have never been married. It's reached a quarter now. And, and you put out a, a tweet the other day that I, I really resonated with, which is if Gen Z can do something to reaffirm sexual norms and traditions, it's get married to one person, stay married. Yeah, and I mean, work through but, your issues. But not only that, if, there, if there's one lesson to be learned yes. from the millennials, from Generation X, from the boomers, it's get married and don't get divorced. Yes. It's bad for the children. And you know, because you are the children of divorcees. Yes. And you know how that affected you personally as children. So, okay, look at that, learn from it, and be like, okay, well, really what we want is to form 
lifetime partnerships with the people that we love. Yeah, break the cycle and give your children all the things that you were deprived of by the dissolution of your exactly. family unit. Exactly. The problem is most of them aren't even starting relationships yeah. because another I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's no. simple, but you know what the mission is because you live through the consequences of not having those things. Yes. Uh, another historically unprecedented statistic, um, oh, that's that button, is that 27% now of men 18 to 30 have reported never having an intimate partner. Oh, I saw another stat uh, the other day, which is uh, more than 50% of women under 30 don't have children in the yeah. UK now. Yes, we'll get to that in a moment. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, 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 no spoilers, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, there's also 28% of reported, this was 2018 to 2019, yeah. having no sex in the last year. So our generation are having quite literally a, a sex recession. And yeah. um, we know that people in marriages, despite all the boomer jokes, have more regular sex, so the marriage deficit and the oh, yeah. fertility deficit are intertwined. Um, I mean, weird, weirdly, if you sleep <laughs> sleep in the same bed as a woman, you end up having sex with her. Yes, unless she's got a headache, of course. Uh, and then the, there's just a general attitude malaise. Some of this has been blamed on climate change, but of course that's by most of the centre-right uh, outlets looking to easily blame a modern malady rather than technological problems and the failure of them to assert a, a moral narrative to conscript ourselves into. Because there was a recent Telegraph survey that, that found only half of Gen Z and millennials plan to start families. Um, one, re one poll by one poll, yeah. sorry about that, uh, among 1,000 people aged 18 to 34 found that one in four had ruled out having a baby completely. Just 55% said they plan to have children and the 20% were unsure on what they want to do. Despite this, 71% of adults said there was a societal pressure to still have children, with 40% feeling this from family members. Good, because literally, if you don't have children, our civilization doesn't continue. Yes. But you have to. But the motivation they most reported was being self centered, with 49% yes. saying, more time to focus on myself. Oh, but, yeah, that, you're the important person. Focus on yourself. You're so interesting. You can only develop up until a certain point where you can pay that forward nobly onto dependence. Otherwise, no, no, no. Well, I, I'm going I'm I'm to develop myself and then die and pass on nothing to anyone else. That's, that's me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the child-free 18 to 30-year-old. Oh, shut up. Yeah. You irresponsible children. And also, the lie that's being sold to these people. I'm sorry, just that, I, this really, more time focus on myself, you're just not that important, actually. Uh, you're, you're, in fact, not that important. And I can tell you how I know that you're not important. It's because no one depends on you. Literally, no one depends on you. So you're important to nobody. You're actually a bit of a dead weight because when it comes to you being in your 70s, you will not have done that particular kind of labor that is required to make sure that there are other people in society who are going to be taking care of the elderly. So you'll become someone else's dead weight because you didn't have children, just so you know. So I don't respect this at all. Sorry, carry on. That's a YouTube short. Uh, so the, 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 the sad part about this, though, is, is twofold. One, these people have been lied to. Shut up. You are not... Sorry, I'm, I'm so... Right. I, I hate this so much. I just... You, you selfish idiots who are literally going to be in the ruins of our civilization being like, well, at least I read that book. But I don't think they will. I think most of them will reach the age of where it is too late because they fail to understand that the, the fulcrum point of where there's a 50-50% chance if you'll ever have children is not 40, it's 30. And people leave it too long to find a partner, to, to get their nest in order to have yeah, kids yeah, and actually, yeah. actually commit to doing it. Yeah. And then when it comes to such a time where their mindset changes and, and biology kicks in and they're less selfish, if they get off birth control in many women's cases, then they're going to realize the long and lonely existence they've wrought upon themselves. And then in, in the inverse, trying to find someone who doesn't have this selfish mindset as a young man or a young woman, mm. you 
you do feel that sadness, as, as, as you've just said there, of where, yeah, you're right, you do feel useless if there's no one depending on you. Because yeah. you've, you've reached an apex in your sort of mid-20s, and now you're like, well, you know, a, a couple of generations ago, I would have been a dad by now, I would have been a mum by now, mm -hmm. and now I've got, I've got no one to rely on me. So you, this, this entire mindset, uh, economic infrastructure and the like, is serving no one. It's serving, it's serving no one that thinks that this is empowering because eventually they will be upset. And the people that do feel genuinely despondent by not having kids yet, it's, it's heartbreaking for them as well. So Just a quick thing, right? I, I, I pulled up home after work yesterday, right? And my three-year-old opened the door and was just like, Daddy, my eight-year-old came out and gave me a hug. And my wife was just standing behind them smiling and I could smell dinner in the oven. Just saying, I, 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 it, honestly, I had like this moment of clarity where I was just like, my God, I've literally got everything. One day, eh? Anyway, on the next one. Uh, so this is the stat that you you foreshadowed. There yep. are now in the UK, it's fifty point two percent of women. The, the, the thing is, have no children all, by thirty. They were all insanely happy. They were all insanely happy to see. Yeah, and 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 I I didn't pull up the Guardian article. I pulled up the Times one for this, but the Guardian framed this as a record number of women reach child free by thirty. Yeah. And the framing is these women are now liberated. So, so I mean, extricating yourself of dependent care is the prerequisite to your autonomy. At least they didn't say record number of women have ended their bloodlines. That's sadly, <laughs> yeah. Like, unlike in Germany. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the number has increased by 32 percentage points in 50 years. It's mad. Yeah. So genuinely that's mad. up by over a third. Um, other figures in the report show the average number of children per woman was still below two at 1.92. So that's sub-replacement birth rate. Yep. That's a trend that's pretty much going everywhere at the moment. The standardized median age of a mother has been increasing since the mid-1970s. Birth control. Yep. And it reached a record high of 30.7 years in 2019 and 2020. Uh, obviously, conservatives have kind of missed a trick by just blaming this all on mindset or on climate change. Um, Freya India is coming in yeah, later this week. Climate, climate change, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing her in the afternoon. She's, she's highlighted how material conditions have prolonged adolescence with yeah. women's most fertile years spent in university education in order to inculcate the managerial mindset that makes them a resentful diversity and inclusion coordinator, mm. for example. That's, that's robbing women of their fertility. And, and people respond to incentives and not ideas. And we're seeing this in our parallel, in our dark future, in Japan. This should be a, a real warning for us. Um, as, as this article in, in The Telegraph says, figures show that last year, and this is 2022, Japan's population plummeted by almost a million. It's because so many young people aren't having children. Yeah. Japan saw a mere 771,000 births. This is the first time the number has fallen below 800,000 since records began back in 1899. Shinzo Abe meme. Yeah. Have sex. Yes. The shortage of children spells doom for both Japan's economy and for its public services. And Fumio Kishida, the, the Prime Minister, is extremely worried. Our nation, he declared recently, is on the cusp of whether it can maintain its societal functions. They're facing an inverse demographic pyramid. There are record numbers of Japanese elderly people living alone and committing suicide. And, and someone I've spoken to, and, and this, this is a free interview on the website, and I, I really encourage everyone to go and watch it. Obviously, if you, if you pay us £5 a month, we'll be able to keep the lights on and keep bringing in guests like this, but it's really important that everyone can watch this. Mm. This is Stephen Shaw, who's made a, a documentary film called Birth Gap, and he lives in Japan, but yeah. he toured the world for seven years, and, and he spoke to, to, he looked at their historical economic records, their, their birth demographic data, he spoke to childless women, he spoke to the elderly who never had children, and he said, what we're going to face by 2050 is a pandemic of unplanned childlessness, where 800 million people who wanted children didn't have children. And it's because of economic factors and it's because not realizing the fertility window and how hard it is to find a partner these days when too many people are self-centered, mm -hmm. as, as your very eloquent sermon put. 
And so we really need to fix this. Oxfam have got the right framing. I can't believe it, but we need to jettison that the selfish, managerial, utopian, top-down mindset that is estranging men and women, and rather than making them uh, mm. complementary parents, it's making them like rival siblings competing for the same resources. Yeah. And and so hopefully uh, Stephen Shaw's interview and and mine and Carl's Evil Origins of Feminism Part Two discussion, um, which will be behind the paywall, proves instructive to you guys. But I suppose the message of this is um, get off the Sigma male grind set, find a woman or man, of course, um, if you're a woman, settle down and have a family because. Otherwise, it's going to be a long and lonely 40 years after 40. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium contents on the site, such as the Contemplation series, this episode on Understanding Europe. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters.com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.